In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I don't know if it's hard or easy for you to believe, but I'm a little surprised it's already the end of February. And that means that we've come to the end of the season of Epiphany, that season of light that we've been in sort of since Christmas. We went from the star over the manger to the flickering lights of Candlemas, to a dove descending through a sun-drenched sky over Christ's baptism, to Jesus himself telling us that we are the light of the world. All these stories have been the ones that have carried us through epiphany, which comes from the Greek epiphania, which means manifestation or appearance. We see the manifestation of Christ with us, Christ among us, in all these stories of light. And no Sunday has that presence drenched in light seemed clearer than on this Feast of the Transfiguration that story that we just heard together where Jesus brings some of his followers up to the mountain to pray and he is transfigured before them. He shines like the sun and Moses and Elijah stand beside him and we hear the voice of God, the Father, echoing the words from his baptism. This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. The reality of God God as Savior and Redeemer is made powerfully real to the disciples in this transfiguration moment that Jesus is not just a teacher and a friend, but God with them as a Savior and a Redeemer. And you can still hear this awe in that reading from Second Peter that Sophie read us. The fear is gone. The fact that he kind of missed the point in the beginning is gone. And we just hear that they were eyewitnesses. I've seen it. We saw it. And we're here to tell you about it. He has literally seen the light. And see, I love the story of the transfiguration, but I have to say, I think it can be really hard for us because I think that we can feel pretty distant from these stories that happened 2,000 years ago when we didn't get to see that light in person in that same way. We didn't get to go up that mountain. And I think stories of Jesus's power, of God becoming real among us can feel so big and so glorious that they actually feel almost distant. I think as we read scripture, stories that we know are ancient, we can feel like the only way we can get to know God is through secondhand faith stories but I'm here to tell you that that's actually not true because something has actually brought you here today. You have seen something or heard something or felt something that made you think that this is actually where you needed to be today and that something is in you or it came from someone that you love. Think about why you are here today and where you yourself have seen or known or just felt a flicker of the power of God's presence with us. I love that image that Peter uses. He talks about a lamp shining in a dark place. And that actually feels a lot like my own relationship with Jesus, that there is a constant spark. Sometimes it's a bright flame, other times it's just a little something that hasn't quite gone out yet, but that constant spark is there warming me up trying to get me to look away from where the world might be calling me to look. 
Think about the places where you have seen or met Jesus, because I can share a few of my own. I mean, I think there are days where I look around at the world and I realize that other people are really full of empathy and love and are able to see the face of Christ in one another that I, on my less patient days, might not be so clear on. <laughs> I realize that in the love of other people, you can see Christ made manifest. I rem I'm reminded of a story actually from last summer. It was one of those Sundays where we've got a guest preacher and one of us, so my colleagues were away. I was hanging out by the bell. Newcomers come and meet us by the bell. <laughs> I was hanging out by the bell and um, an usher brought a woman to me who had a cart and a lot of bags and clearly um, isn't able to put her head down on a bed somewhere inside. And so this lady started telling me about how she'd been really tormented by really vicious and evil spirits recently. And I felt bad listening, but I also thought about, wow, it's a packed Sunday, we've got a forum, there's coffee hour, there's visits. I don't know if she's going to ask me for money quickly or slowly, but I'm going to be as nice as I can and try to be as helpful as I can be. And I gave, I think, what can be a rather perfunctory answer when you're in a hurry that I hope she heard for what I meant. I said, wow, that sounds really hard. I hope you know that God is stronger than all of that. And she said, oh, I know. I just wanted to make sure you knew. And then she said, I came over here, the usher told me to find you, I missed the basin go by and I didn't get to put my offering in. And from out of those bags come crumpled, she gave me $15, her offering that she had put together through I don't know what. And I realized that when I woke up that morning, I don't think Jesus was quite confident I knew where to look for him, so he was gonna show up right here. <laughs> and I realized how far away I'd gotten from another time when I used to wake up with Jesus in the morning. I, before I landed here, had a time in my life that was pretty hard. I didn't always know how I was gonna get through the day. And I would wake up in the morning and I'd sit at the end of my bed and I felt like Jesus sat right next to me. And we each put shoes on one at a time and we tried to think about how we were gonna get through the day together. Sometimes, Jesus is like that emergency flashlight when the power has gone out. Sometimes it's like a nightlight when I try to sleep, but that light of Christ is there. Here again, those words from Peter, a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. There is an incredible capacity for that light from the softest flicker to the brightest glow on the mountaintop and we actually need it in our own lives. In some ways, I think we're spared the weight of seeing things like the transfiguration firsthand. I think it actually frees us up to see Christ in the world more clearly, to have a wider vision of just what God can look like and who God can be. Because, you know, I bet some of you have had mountaintop moments, burning bush moments, real conversion moments where God has come so near to you in such a big way that it was undeniable. And I think others of you have met Jesus like a lit match or a single candle, hot and persistent, but sometimes small. Sometimes like you have to work hard to keep that light from going out. I say we're spared visions like the transfiguration because remember, at first Peter didn't get it. He thought it meant they were supposed to live up there. 
The disciples, when they heard the voice of God, they were afraid, they were terrified. Could they even take all of that in? But scripture says, Jesus came and touched them on the shoulder, spoke to them and told them not to be afraid. And there was the God they knew, their savior and redeemer who was also their teacher and their friend. That is the message of Epiphany, this manifestation, this appearance, that Christ is alive, Christ is with us, and Christ is the light of the world. Amen.